Ah, so grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and our minds to the power and the presence of love. So grateful to take this breath and join together in the fullness of love's presence. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to recognize that our true identity is pure perfection. This is true of everyone in Masterful Living, everyone in the world, and we're willing to see the truth about ourselves and everyone else. We're willing to sing a freedom song for all beings of the earth. So grateful, so thankful to join together for the holy purpose of remembering our true nature. So grateful to join together for the purpose of letting go of that which doesn't serve, letting go of the false and remembering the real. So grateful to join together for our own holiness and for the fun of it. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. So, I'm wondering, since we, we had a week off last week, uh, and I, I'll admit that I haven't listened to the um, to the community call because I uh, am uh, I've just was so immersed in the spiritual counseling training intensive last week. So uh, I'd like to just check in and see if in the last two weeks since we had class. Breakdowns, breakthroughs, ahas, insights, miracles. And we've got a bunch of people here who were on the spiritual counseling training intensive with me. And um, so uh, anyone like to share? Anyone? Let's see. I see Angela there. Um, I would like to just share that since I mentioned about a month ago that I was in a car incident, I don't, I won't call it an accident, I say it's an incident, um, I've just, it's been wonderful. I have learned so much, it has opened up so much for me, um, I've had blessings and miracles along the journey, I've continue to give it up to spirit and angels every step of the way and it's just been incredible so um check that i received for the car was uh, a few people were saying they're giving me an amount and i said to angels five thousand five thousand and i received a check uh forty dollars short of that and everybody was saying 3,000. So uh, my son actually said, I don't know what voodoo you're up to, Mum, but it works. <laughs> Angels, Josh. Um, also, with uh, finding a new car, 
My son helped me, so the connection there was perfect. Um, the car rental was half the cost that it was supposed to be. And I just kept praying and asking and everything that I, I asked for along the way um, has, has just been given to me. And it, it's been huge. I've just proved God through the whole month <laughs> with, with this. Um, yeah, and, and I have a, a car. So the car was supposed to arrive by the end of the month. I prayed and said, angels, I know the car is here now. It is here now. And it came last Friday. Um, it's, it's not in front of me yet because I have to go and pick it up. But, yeah, everything has even, yeah, it's just been wonderful. Wonderful. And um, it's actually opened up a connection with my son now um, with angels, talking about angels, which is wonderful. I never thought that would happen. And, um, yeah, I shouldn't say that, should I? Sorry, spirit. I knew it was going to happen. Um, yeah, it's just been wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, such a blessing this incident has been for me. Wow. And, yeah. Yeah. Who'd have thought? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. it we, we can transform a, a negative experience yes. to uh, a, a really wonderful teaching yeah. experience to our willingness. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your guidance, too. I mean, you know, it's been such a year of change for me. It's been wonderful, miraculous, the changes. And I see my prayer partner smiling, Laura, and that's been beautiful too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yes. How wonderful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So who else would like to share any updates? Vanessa, and then Diana. I um, am very grateful uh, to be experiencing this journey with everyone in the Master for Living class. And although I didn't go to the spiritual counseling retreat this last week, I went to the last one, I Every morning I would uh, say my prayers and my meditate, go into my meditation time. And I felt so lifted when I would call forth the concept that there really is no space and time difference. And then I could feel the energy from the spiritual counseling retreat and I felt like I was five years old, like it was Christmas morning every morning. And I felt like, oh, I can't believe this, you know, this works. <laughs> so I just wanted, to, I feel called to share that because it was just such a powerful 
experience for me and one that I'm very grateful for. And um, yeah, it was very, my own retreat in June with Jennifer was very powerful. And I made such close friends on that retreat. And um, now I feel like somehow through the magic of spirit, or the mystery of spirit, I, I feel like somehow I know more deeply the people on the retreat this time, except for I wasn't in North Carolina. <laughs> well, I guess I was. <laughs> so I really <laughs> wanted to share that with the group. Very powerful. Ah, thank you, Valerie. Beautiful. All right, and let's see, Di Diana, did you want to share? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, thanks. I just, I wanted to share, um, because of the schedule I chose for myself this year, I just had like the last month of semester and I haven't been even listening to the Masterful Living calls and I've even... I was reading your prayer every day, Jennifer, and even that has dropped off. But um, I wanted to share that there's been some really great experiences. Like I, I finished my first year of uni doing dance for uni and we got to perform in like a ballet piece in tutus at the, like last week, which was very, um, felt very meaningful for me. Um, yeah, it feels like there's a part of my, I don't know, maybe like a part of a childlike part of me that's really getting nourished by being able to to do that. Um, and at 35 as well, yeah, it's like really great. Um, and then I also, I got to, um, I got to choreograph a piece in another show that I, I did a little solo to a song that I, that I really like and, um, and I feel really happy with the choreography and I feel really happy with how I performed it. And um, yeah, and that I was emotionally available to the role. And yeah, and I guess now I'll just share that coming out of this semester, I feel quite fragile internally and not really connected with the spirit or like just, I mean, I still do. Yeah, but I feel kind of twisted up and a bit confused and um so now I have some more time. I'm really looking to amp up my spiritual practice and, and get back like more connected. So I guess I just wanted to come in and presence myself now because I feel like I've, there's been some absence for me with Masterful Living. Like it's maybe absent from my consciousness. So I just wanted to reconnect in that way. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did, Diana. Um... And one of the things to be aware of that has helped me so much is that we do learn from contrast. So you're, you're having the contrast of having uh, little or no spiritual practice versus how do you feel when you have a stronger spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And so if we just take that without any guilt, blame, or shame, just, oh, there's my learning. I'm good to, uh, glad to learn. 
and uh, then I find we we learn really quickly and uh, with a lot of grace and uh, we don't end up spending time feeling badly about anything we can just recognize oh I'm learning through contrast there it is again thank you yeah yeah and congratulations on your accomplishment in dance. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Those are Do you have any video or anything like that that you could share with us in uh, our Facebook group? I do actually. Yeah, I can share yeah. the video. Yeah. All right. That would be lovely to see. Thank you. Yeah, I think because um, definitely like the love that's been shared and encouraged in Masterful Living has helped me to like believe in myself through the year and to keep going and it's helped it's just it's helped me in my practice a lot so um yeah it would be nice to share with all of you the yeah. Truth. <laughs> yeah that would be wonderful I look forward to seeing that yeah thank you uh-huh excellent and we've got um someone on the phone who's raised their hand here hey there yes that's you jennifer can you hear me yes hi hi everybody this is jennifer um cunningham and i wanted to how are you <laughs> um calling hey will you remind me what is it that you have to do to raise your hand on the phone Yes, it's star nine. Star nine. Star nine. Yes. Um, I wanted to share an angel story um, that occurred about a month ago. Um, it was just a beautiful reminder for me. Um, I had I have started to paint again. It's it's my most favorite thing to do: paint and draw and um, I have put it down for many long years and decided to start painting again. And I had um, some artwork that I wanted to uh, put up on, um, anyway, on a, on a little website. And so I went to take this, take these little pictures that I did um, to get uh, scanned so that they could put it on a digital format and put it on an, a little flash drive so that I could, you know, just stick it into my computer and pull it up whenever I needed it. And so I did this months and months ago and I had that little flash drive and I thought I put it in my desk drawer. Well, I got this. Well, anyway, then I just, I was like, gosh, I really want to put these pictures up and, and get them on my computer. And about two months had gone past since I had gotten it back. And I was searching everywhere. I, did, I mean, I spent probably off and on a full day trying to find this little flash drive. And I finally, I don't know why it took me so long, but I did to kind of ask for help and I finally I, I asked the angels to help me and I asked 
and I said, you know, if it is in, you know, the highest good, please, you know, please bring this little flash drive back to me. And, um, and so that was say, I think on a Sunday and maybe it was a Monday, I don't know, but, um, a couple of days had gone by. My husband and I had a, there was a charity event and I had to dress up for it. And so I changed my purse to a little clutch. And, um, so that night went out to this charity event and had this clutch and I was in and out of it all night. I had my driver's license and maybe my lipstick and that was about it. And, um, the next morning I, um, had to take the kids to school and I realized my regular purse didn't have my driver's license in it. So I was like, Oh gosh, let me go run and get the clutch, get my driver's license out of it. And when I opened up the clutch, I kid you not, like this little flash drive was sitting right there, right when you opened it up. It was not, it was not like I had to dig for it or anything. It was just sitting right there in my purse. And so it was so overwhelming for me because I just, because I had kind of forgotten about it and it just showed up and then I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I am so not alone. And my, my prayers are being answered. It, it was, it was just so beautiful. Um, so I just, I just thought I would share that, 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 um, that, yeah, it was just that realization that we are so, we are just, we're not alone. We're not alone. Yeah, I so appreciate that story, Jennifer. I, um, for everyone else, Jennifer told me that story uh, when she was here in North Carolina, and I asked, please mm-hmm. share it in class because I've had things like that happen where something was missing, and I knew I had either looked in that place uh, before very clearly and couldn't find it in there. Or like Jennifer, it just manifested weirdly in a place that I Mm -hmm. I had never put it. And just, I mean, just think of that. She had that little purse that you can see everything that's in one of those little clutch purses. And how how did it get in there? But things like that happen on a regular basis. And I think that, things like that happen that they put it in there so for the very reason that it would affect you so how did that affect you really Jennifer can you just say a little bit more about that yeah well I mean it affected me so much I cried um I was so overwhelmed with emotion because it just it was unexpected and um and and I think I you know I, I said this before, but it it it's like it's just knowing that you know sometimes we just walk around you know feeling separated and and um and like we're kind of living in this world you know on our own and 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 I know all these you know all this studying and practice 
you know, as part of um, connecting. But um, but we but you know when we're going through our daily lives, we just it's so easy to forget and um, forget that we're we are really we're all one and that um, that you know even though I, I I can't really see the angels and um, but that they're there and you know God I mean you know He's a part of us He's in us and um, and so it was just that that realization. Oh gosh, I'm wow. I, I mean, wow. I I'm being heard. Um. So that that's that's kind of where where I don't know. That's just um. That's how how I see it. I'm kind of lost for words now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jennifer, I think we can all relate to this. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's very tempting for the ego to convince us that we're not being heard and that nobody cares mm -hmm. that God doesn't care that we're on our own. You know, it's such a persistent theme. We're on our own. And, um, and one of the things that came up in the last 10, 11 days of doing the Forgive and Be Free retreat and the um, spiritual counseling training intensive is this very um, pervasive thought that we're on our own and we have to do things for ourselves and uh, that somehow it's, uh, it's better to do things for ourselves because... Uh, if if we let other people help us, if we let even the the angels help us, that somehow uh, many of us have been raised to believe that there are strings attached to everything, and so we actually fear allowing other people to help us. We fear getting support. We fear that it's going to leave us in a place where we're owing. Uh, where we're in a where we're always in a codependent relationship with others, even with uh, heaven and the angels, that we're in a codependent relationship of uh, if if anything good happens, that we'll be punished, or that if we take anything from anyone, we owe them. And so, uh, an experience like yours really helps us to realize on a very visceral level that we are profoundly supported in the invisible and it's so valuable to ask so valuable to ask so since you had that experience when was it again jennifer that you had it um it was uh it was over a month it was probably almost two months ago now so um so it, it, it's been a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So since then, have you asked for any other assistance? And what kind, what, what is your experience been? Um, yes, absolutely. I, I feel like that was actually, yes, a big confirmation that all of this is, is working. And, um, and it, it, it definitely gave me, the 
it, it made me more aware and, um, and has helped me remember it to ask more often. And um, I, I feel like I have a whole string of, of other beautiful mir- miracles that have certainly happened um, from asking. Uh, but I, I feel like I would take up the whole class by explaining all of them. But uh, they're um, definitely more... Um, I'm more conscious, definitely, of um, of asking for help after that experience. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to encourage you to um, share your angel experiences or your invisible support experiences more in Facebook. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. (laughs) Good to hear your voice. Yes, you too. Yeah. So, are you raising your hand, Diana? Okay, great. I just want to let you know that your voice is a little soft and I have a problem hearing, so I've got it up full blast. So. <laughs> okay. I, um, I can sit a little closer here and see if that's better. Is that, is that better for you? It's a little better. It's just like everybody else comes through real with a lot of volume, but um, you're very soft. Um, (laughs) I, uh, sometimes it helps if I leave and come back. So let me see if I can do that. Is anybody else experiencing my voice being soft? Okay. Let me do that real quick. I'm going to pause the recording. Uh, But thank you for saying that, Diana. I really appreciate it. Because it's you're what you were saying was so I wanted to hear it and I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, everything I say is absolute gold and diamonds. You don't want to miss a moment of it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. How how are you and your son doing? Uh, he he's been going through a problem with mental stuff. He had a um a medication that really made him go sort of loopy for a while. So they took him off of it. And now he's coming back a little bit, but uh, I know that's part of it. You know, that this can happen, but it shouldn't happen in two or three days. You know, it's, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Oh, he seems better again. More like you can, like he's not, using wrong words for items, you know, you're trying to figure out what he wants and he's saying, you know, so, but he's better. My mom had that too. 
Yeah. 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 I'm glad he's doing better. Yeah, he's doing better. Mm -hmm. I like it there. <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> yep, one day at a time. That's it. Yeah. So um, I, I was saying that uh, I was glad Jennifer shared the story because it's really helpful to us that we all can have these kinds of experiences. Really, Jennifer's not someone special, but she did ask for help and support from the angels. She realized that she was looking and looking and looking, and she could ask for support. And you know, that's the thing is that when we ask for support, especially if it's non-specific, I mean, Jennifer said, if you can help me find this, that would be great. So that, that kind of uh, request for assistance and help is really, it, it, it's, the angels, in my experience, they love to jump in and be helpful with something like that. And, uh, and they often can. It's surprising how much they can uh, be supportive and be helpful. And um, yeah, it's quite extraordinary the kinds of things that can happen. Um, I, somebody just told me a story the other day of an angel statue that moved in their house quite a distance. They had put it in a particular place and they came back and it was in a totally different place. And um, no other person, no person touched it. And things like that do happen. Uh, these kinds of messages, we can ask for signs, um, but we have to be careful when we're asking for signs and things like this. Do we have an attachment to the, the way the sign is given to us? Do we have an attachment to the demonstration of the answer prayer? Or can we open it to be as, as wide uh, as possible? So that's the thing, uh, to really be clear, what is it we'd love? like to experience we'd like to experience uh, uh more peace more love more joy more freedom more know how it's got to manifest then we have an attachment then we're in limitation and then we're not really open to the highest and best because we are already thinking we know what it is so that's the thing is to train ourselves to be really wide open day after day after day. Uh, before we go into what I was uh, planning to talk about, anybody else like to share uh, any ahas, insights, breakdowns, breakthroughs? All right. Uh, so, Let's take a sip here. Uh, in uh, the year two, three Ascension Pathway classes, we've been talking about the Ho'oponopono. 
and we were talking about it some uh, in the forgiveness retreat and the spiritual counseling training intensive. And it feels particularly important at this time that we we look at this. I know we looked at it recently, but just to look at it a bit more, it feels to me like there's some kind of opening in the one mind to have more clarity about this. So going back to the Ho'oponopono, just to review, and I know how many people, well, it's hard to tell. Most of you are not on video, but um, I know not everyone reads the Zero Limits book. I do highly recommend it, and especially I personally like the audio book because um, I, I like to hear the sound of Hewlin's voice. Uh, and you can, uh, he's got that wonderful inner child meditation that's one of the Masterful Living videos. So if you haven't worked with that, I strongly encourage you to work with that meditation. Uh, people really have found it's been helpful to them. So in doing the, the Ho'oponopono uh, with the, in the professional way that Hugh Lynn did it, just to review, because it is, it's remarkable, but to me, with something like that, we don't take it as the extraordinary exception that it appears to be. Let's take it instead as a powerful demonstration of what's possible and to be inspired by it to have our own amazing, miraculous demonstration. Because over the years of doing Masterful Living and sharing about Ho'oponopono, what I've seen many, many times is people have amazing, miraculous healing experiences. So Hugh Lynn went into that clinical situation uh, as a therapist where it was a, a lockdown ward, right? So people were literally locked in there because of their mental challenges, intense mental challenges. The whole ward itself was in uh, really less than desirable condition. The paint on the walls was peeling. Uh, it was not a happy place to be. The staff uh, used all their sick days every year uh, because they just didn't want to go to work. They weren't happy there. Uh, people did not get leave to go out and uh, uh, go on visits, and very few visitors came to visit them. So it was a really, really harsh conditions, harsh place, uh, depressing. And he went there every day, and he sat with those files of his clients, never had one conversation with them. Really, it sounded like to me, based on what he shared, he didn't have a lot of conversation with the staff either. He just kind of kept to himself, went to his office, and did his Ho'oponopono. And in doing that Ho'opono practice, Ho'oponopono practice, he was taking responsibility for the manifestations that were showing up as his clients. So he's saying, I'm one with each of these beings. We share the same mind. 
we're part of the same life, the life of God. And so in doing his Ho'oponopono, the practice really is this taking responsibility for what's showing up in your life. So no blame, zero blame, 100% responsibility. And through that, right, it's, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Or I like to start with I love you. So he's saying to God, I'm sorry for this condition, this appearance, this manifestation. I'm sorry for the misuse of the one mind that has brought this fearful condition. And he's affirming, I love you. Please forgive me. Now, we know that God's not holding anything against us, that that's not God's nature. Um, but sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget and we think that God, this is very, very strong in the human race consciousness, that uh, the guilt that we feel is really because we feel uh, we have betrayed God, we've let God down, we deserve to be punished, there's something wrong with us. So this is a very, very strong thought in the human race consciousness. So the apology comes from forgiving ourselves because as A Course in Miracles says, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. So that's really what, what we're doing when we're saying, I'm sorry. We're really, truly forgiving ourselves. And then the thank you and I love you. So, and remember too that in doing this, if, if you're familiar at all with Dr. Emoto's work, and uh, if you're not, I really encourage you, and even if you are, I really encourage you to watch that movie that's also in your uh, Masterful Living videos, which is entitled Water the Great Mystery. Water the Great Mystery. And in shows. Water has memory and how. Contribute. So, one of the things that we're we're doing in the other classes is we're doing the Ho'oponopono practice and doing it to ourselves, looking in the mirror. 
Because we're all part of God, one with God. So doing the Ho'oponopono practice and looking in the mirror. So my invitation to you all is to do a couple minutes a day of that. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. In the mirror. And the other thing I encourage you to do is if you have anyone whom you um, are worried about, about, concerned for, to do as Hugh Lynn did and do the Ho'oponopono for them, review that part of the Zero Limits text where Hugh Lynn explains what he did and the benefit that it had. Let's prove God together. Are you raising your hand there, Angela? Okay. <laughs> so, any thoughts about that? All right. Oh, we've got Deb and then Diana. Hey, Deb. Hi. I just wanted to say that I've had three conversations in the last week with different friends who are so concerned about or just their body image. And and I had asked, can I please have some help? I don't know how to help my friends. And, and it just is so funny to me. All three of these women have completely different body types. And, you know, one of them would say, oh, I'd want to be exactly that body type of this other one. And, but I didn't know. I just prayed for an answer. And you have just given it to me. Thank you very much. It's perfect. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I wonder if you would share a little bit more about the concerns your friends have. Um, they... They, they're talking to me about, I weigh too much. One, one of them is holding her arm out and telling me, oh, I have these bat wings here. And whenever I look in the mirror, I just get so upset, but I, I can't. We, we talk about um, having integrity of our word and they, they, they try to go on a diet, but they feel like, oh, I can't keep my word to myself and that that was one of them and another friend was just oh why can't I lose this last five pounds so I can look good in this dress for a wedding that I'm going to and why don't I, I told myself I would go to the trainer but I never go or I make excuses about going but I when I'm listening, and I, I wish I had remembered to do Ho'oponopono while they're talking to me, usually I'm just saying, I love you, I love you, and part of me is like, wow, I, these women are all so beautiful when, when they're talking to me, but we all know the Ho'oponopono prayer, so I'm, I, I can remind myself as well as my friends. And they're showing up 
life, but right? Like what I see, they're, they're a projection of me too. So. Yeah. So how do you feel when they're talking? I, I, I actually am thinking about how I feel similarly and also frustrated with myself that I say these things to myself. All right. Yeah. And uh, let's see who, who else can relate to this. Yeah. A few people raising their hands. Looks like quite a few people raising their hands. So let's, let's look at this for uh, a few minutes here. What do you feel is the underlying issue? Me, I think it's self-judgment and comparison. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and uh, what does the self-judgment come from? I, I, I guess from some place of not feeling good enough or having some idea about what perfection is or, or even maybe people wouldn't like me, love me if I, if I was a different weight or had a different body, which I so know is not true, but it's there. Um, I, 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 living in Los Angeles, I have, I, I was saying it is there. Yes. When I was living in Los Angeles, I worked with a number of people who had a body dysmorphia. No healthy perspective on their physical body's appearance. And so they can be incredibly physically fit. I mean, just incredibly physically fit and so lean, you know, people who are eating zero fat, nothing but protein, you know, and vegetables. I mean, really obsessive about um, their weight and their diet and all of these things and gorgeous people. And yet they literally, they just feel like they're hideous. Yeah. And they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And uh, so it really taught me that physical things uh, are just a way for the mind to fixate on not being good enough. And I've even had spiritual teachers talk to me about clients saying to them or students saying to them, you know, I just can't have you as a spiritual teacher because you're overweight. And so I figure if you're overweight, you know, how you don't really know anything you can teach me because you wouldn't be overweight if you did know anything. You know, and I guess, um, <laughs> you know, you could do some spiritual 
uh, humor with that, thinking, you know, Jesus, uh, comparing Jesus and Buddha or something like that. But um, these thoughts are very prevalent, and we are part of that group that's helping to uh, transform this thinking. I am not a body. I have a body, but I am not a body. And so... Uh, that, that's exactly what I said to another one of my friends. Like, we can change our minds about this. Yeah. And we are, we are here to do that. Like, I, I truly believe it. And I do think, it's my opinion, that women are more strongly feeling this way and judge each other about these things. And I feel like, whoa, but women can change their minds about all of this stuff. Yeah, and in my experience, men uh, really uh, are not less judgmental about this. Just um, less vocal. Yes, it's it's less acceptable for them to talk about it. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, because I, I've definitely had multiple conversations <clears throat> with men about this. Many men. It's like for some, uh, it's it's one of the number one things they're concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they may not be, but you may not be talking with them <clears throat> about well, it. Once you said it, I immediately had like friends come in my mind of, oh yeah, he did and he did. So, yes. Yeah. So, one of the things we all see is that there are many, many people who uh, appear to conform to the ideal or a, a certain standard, and they... Well, I think my internet froze there. Um, they keep themselves in line with judgment. It's very, very common that that happens. The people are judging themselves to keep themselves from coloring outside the lines, from somehow becoming something that they fear. And there is this, this uh, recurring thought that if I could change my physical or my financial or my relationship or all these different status, that, that those things would make me happy. But no matter how much research we have, People still think that the things of this world will make us happy, but they do not. 
And that's the thing that you prove to yourself in Masterful Living, uh, particularly in this first year. It's right around this time that people are starting to look back over the year and compare in a, in a healthy way to how they felt at the beginning of the year about themselves, about their life, about their, their relationships, their body, their finances, and their connection with God. And they're starting to see that they, they had a real tangible shift. Let's see what Diana was going to share here. Yep. Hi, I, just, I had a few things come up for me on this topic. It's quite, has been quite a theme in my life. And um, so I just had a, there were three things I wanted to share with you. Um, one is that this just came up for me last night. A man asked me on a date a few days ago. And last night we discovered that he's 24 and I'm going to be 36 in a few weeks. And um and there's a part of me that wants to say no straight away, just like, well, I have these some wrinkles and I've got some gray hairs and my breasts are kind of saggy. And I don't know if I can handle that you might reject me based on that. Cause when I was like, so I just had this come up for me. So it's interesting to talk about this now. Um, but so the two other things I had were um, much more inspirational. When I went to Burning Man in 2010, um, there was a, a 72-year-old woman was kind of the the matriarch of our little camp, and um, and you know, and she was she was overweight and had like wrinkles and a saggy face, and but um, and I was 28 at the time, and I think and there was another like 41-year-old woman who was a knockout, and um, anyway, and this 72-year-old woman had a like a much better love life than we did, um, and uh in a really positive way. She was a very loving woman and, and she just had these men interested in her 50 year old man, 28 year old man. And not that she was actually accepting all these different offers, but she was telling us about these beautiful like interactions she was having it, you know, at 70, you know, me and this, I, me 28 and this other 41 year old woman, we're all sitting in the spa together going, what? Well, I wish I had your sex life. Like she, um, you know, and so she didn't have any of those, um, those the traditionally like ideal aesthetics happening, but she was so much in her loving heart that she just was attractive to people. Um, and another thing I wanted to share when you said about people saying, I don't think you can be my spiritual teacher because you're overweight. Um, it just reminded me of, I've got about 10 hours of Eckhart Tolle on my iPod and um, one of is of his like three day retreat, and at some point where he's taking questions, but it's not direct questions. They're questions people have written down on a piece of paper, and then he pulls them out of a basket. And so one of the questions he reads out says, and I think it's it's after the retreat's been going on for a while, so he's obviously had the time to earn their trust as a spiritual teacher for them to write this in this way. And I guess it's a little bit more of a statement than a question, but it said. Um, I always thought I, so either I always thought someone enlightened or a spiritual teacher had to have good posture until I saw you. <laughs> and, and it was really great, you know, and, like, and Eckhart Tolle was just talking about how, you know, like that, that, that ultimate like consciousness, um, connectedness to, to the now and that presence 
can happen in any body form. And, um, but it was a really kind of, it was a great thing to have for someone to share that that was occurring for them. And yeah, it just came up for me when, so I just wanted to share those things that I relate and that also there's these, yeah, these other very real experiences that speak in the opposite of those fears. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's a great share. Very helpful. Awesome. <laughs> All right, back to Deb. Well, uh, this is crazy, but I, I'm going to share this personal thing. Um, I met my husband when I was, I think, 30. We're, there's 17 years difference between us, and he's younger. So, Diana, go for it. And it was such a good lesson for me about how I thought about myself. It had nothing to do with him. It was becoming comfortable with, oh, well, I'm older than him. Does this really matter? You know, like all of those thoughts that you had and, and oh, are people looking at me? Oh, everyone thinks I'm his mother. Like just um, crazy thoughts like that. And it was my lesson to learn, um, nothing about him. And we've now been married 17 years. So he's now the age I was when I met him, which is pretty funny, but <laughs> it's worth learning something about. It, it was to me. I learned a yeah. lot. Very, very good for me. And I didn't weigh any different That's than I beautiful. would now. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he, That's he beautiful. Why is that crazy? I can't hear. Why, why is that crazy? Well, it, it just was sort of out. It is not the norm of relationships, but it's, it's wonderful. And, um, and, and I, he, um, I talked to him about this weight thing and he says, you know, what I think is beautiful, a woman with confidence, it doesn't matter what she weighs at all. So. Beautiful. Thank you, Deb. We'll go back to Diana. Hi, Deb. Thanks for sharing that. I feel like that's a bit of a God job that the person who raised this topic actually has that experience. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's why I had to tell you. Yeah. And I actually, I have one more anecdote to share on this subject, if that's all right. That, yeah. um, that came up when you said that you spoke to him about the weight and he said, what's really beautiful is a woman who's confident. And um, I just, I actually, I worked as a, as a stripper for a long time and, um, and for a while, I really thought it was about just being the closest to that ideal body type. And then when I moved to a bigger city where we were in a bigger club, um, I realized that the girl making the most money in the club was by far not the most beautiful. She was kind of a bit short and a bit dumpy and she had a face a bit like a witch. 
but she um but she you know she respected herself and when she, and she um and she took good care of herself but when she turned to you and she looked in your eyes and she touched your arm you just felt like the most special person in the world you know like she just she was really present with you and and she just had this quality about her because of how she was with herself and how she was with others and then and there were other women who were like supermodels who couldn't make any money because they didn't love themselves. And uh, yeah, so just really interesting. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, it's something really just that that thing that makes us beautiful is, yeah, often how we're feeling about ourselves. Like, yeah, but I definitely, I still have trouble like really staying is. with that sometimes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, what a great conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both. Anybody else like to add to this? I think my internet's giving me a bit of a challenge. <clears throat> my internet seems to be frozen. Oh, maybe not. All right. Can you hear me all right? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, okay, thank you. So, if nobody wants to get in on this conversation, uh, one of the things that uh, I got for us to talk about today is giving to get. So we've talked about it uh, previously, but it is a very insidious form of ego, uh, attachment, and causes of suffering is giving to get. And it can be uh, quite insidious and quite, um, uh, things can fly under the radar that we don't even realize that we've got this giving to get going on that's really making us uh, feel unhappy. It's attachment. So giving to get, as giving to get can be really the simplest of things. It can be uh, giving uh, appreciation and praise so that people will like us or people will be friends with us. There are many, many different ways that the ego uses manipulation in the form of giving to get. And uh, it's surprising, too, how much it can be a part of our experience at work that 
we are actually giving our time, our energy, and our effort, our attention in order to get money. And when we are working that way, it's not as fulfilling, it's not as productive, and it, it is really quite and it does seem many times that, well, how can I just work for the joy of it when I wouldn't have this job if it didn't bring me money? I would get the heck out of here if they weren't paying me. So this is a way that we can really transform our lives and our happiness is to be to see all the ways that we're giving to get. So one of the things we can do, going back to what Jennifer Cunningham was sharing earlier about working with the angels, is we can give it all to the angels to assist us with. So one of the challenges that I'd like to make to everyone is if you're not happy in your work, if you're not really enjoying it, that you make a decision to really pour your heart into it and to really take it as an opportunity to truly deeply be of service, to extend love, to extend compassion, that you make a decision that you be the person in your workplace who is absolutely loving, kind, generous, thoughtful, caring, and that you're going to allow yourself to learn and explore new ways to be loving and kind and generous without attachment, not needing anything in return. So this is one of the things that most helped me to transform my life because I really grew up in a strings attached to everything. And so I found myself really not wanting to be all in uh, and withholding and keeping score. I was a major, major course scorekeeper. And what I discovered is I don't like keeping score. I don't want to keep score. I'd like to just give my everything all the time and know that I'm all in for God. God's all in for me. And so it's always perfect. So one of the things that I realized that really transformed my finances as well is that everything I give, I give to God. And everything that I receive, I receive from God. And so the equation is always perfect. It really helped me because, and we talked about this in the spiritual counseling training intensive, that... Um, that because uh, I realized, you know, is sending me these people that I can be supportive of and loving to, uh, but I, I don't need or want anything back from them. I'm very content to give to them because I'm feeling guided to give to them.
not because I'm going to owe them or I have to do anything. They're not trying to manipulate me. They're really just supporting me because they can and they wish to. Just like I'm doing the same thing with these people over here. And that there is a, a balance that's place. And we're at the center of it being the, the, the really good receivers and good givers as well. So whenever we're giving to get, we're taking ourselves out of the balance of good receiving. Because all is one. And it's, it's, if, if we're not receiving well, but we're giving, 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 we're going to be out of balance. If we're, if we're receiving and taking without sharing, we're going to be out of balance. So it's really about seeking balance and being the perfect givers and receivers of love. And one of the important components of that is love is the only real thing there is to share because love is the only thing that's real. And so we can be the perfect givers and receivers of love without fear without fear because it's not about sharing money or even time or energy it's really about being receptive to love and extending love so i want to open this up to something for everybody to look at and to think about and we can we can talk more about it. If you really are willing to really examine in your life, what are the things that you're doing that you're try expecting something back for? And what are you expecting back? Have you made it clear to the people you're expecting something back from that you're expecting something? Have you made it clear? Because a lot of times people don't make it clear but they have very clear in their own mind, in their own mind, uh, expectation. But they're not written down, they're not spoken, they're not shared. Is this um, sparking anything for anyone right now? Any thoughts or questions? Laurel. Well, I've been, I mean, I've been considering this for almost 37 years as a parent, <laughs> this question. Um, you know, what does it mean to be a parent? And, you know, what, it, there's no shoulds. Um, I guess I'm, I'm talking about my expectations about what a child would give to me as her mother. And I look at my relationship, you know, what I, uh, you know, how I was a daughter, you know, to my parents and the way that my daughter, daughters <laughs> is quite different than how I daughtered um, my, you know, with my parents. And I, I struggle with that sometimes um, thinking, that I would like more from her, but, but do I, I, I don't feel like I have like the, I don't feel like I have the right um, to ask for more, you know, it's like, 
I, I mean, I can hear the shoulds and the shouldn'ts going on in my head about, you know, what, what is expected uh, of a daughter. I mean, I know there's no answer here, but I definitely um, struggle with that because I, I would like her to be more giving, more generous, more considerate. <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, that that's just our dynamic. Um, that's just something I get to, to be with because that's mostly what I do with it is try to just keep letting go of expectations, but I know that I do get hurt by it. And sometimes I even get angry. And I, I would not, I shared it with her once years ago and it was a disaster. She was, she just was so upset that, um, and kind of let me know that she's just not that kind of a person. That's just not who she yeah. is. And do you think that's true? That that's who she is? Or that she's not that kind of a person? I, no, I don't think that's true. Because I watch how she is with her friends and other people. You know, I mean, no, I, I think that's not how she is in general. I think it's something with between the two of us, but I hesitate to probe with it because I don't want to lose what I have with her. Right. So you feel like you're being inauthentic. Uh-huh. I'm just sitting on this, on these feelings I certainly share them with friends, even my family, my sisters, my, my mother, you know, I would talk about this. Um, I, I just, I'm afraid to go further with her. Yeah, well, and I think that that in, in many ways is wise because if you think of A Course in Miracles, it tells us we're never upset for the reason we think. We're upset for the meaning we've made of things, the interpretations we've made of things. Mm -hmm. Yes. One thing that comes to my mind as you're talking, Laurel, is have you ever taken that test about the five love languages? Mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I did, but there, that shows you how great my memory is. I don't remember what mine were. <laughs> I'd have to take it again. Yeah, well, um, the, the, uh, I really recommend to everyone that you take this five love languages quiz mm -hmm. and um, you can just Google five love languages and you'll find the quiz. It's free to take it online. And uh, there's a book about the five love languages. Uh, and uh, I haven't read the book, but uh, the quiz is helpful. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the five love languages are acts of service, uh, words of praise and appreciation, uh, spending time together, quality time, uh, physical touch, and gifts. Mm. Those are the five love languages. 
And so, uh, someone those for you, Laurel, can you, from that list of five, recognize what you think yours would be predominantly? Yeah, probably spending quality time. And I, I never, I mean, we talk on the phone, but I hardly ever see her. I mean, she doesn't live near me. So we, we have very little quality time. So that's the thing for you, quality time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think it is for your daughter? Hmm. I don't know. Be worth contemplating. Mm -hmm. I mean, I maybe she's even taken <laughs> taken the quiz. I mean, I could ask her to do it. I mean, I think she'd, yeah. be, she'd be interested. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. It certainly is as something that. For some people, it could be fun to talk about. Yeah, no, she, and she, I think she, she likes, she likes that kind of stuff, you know, it, information that's that's right. useful. She likes that. Right. Yeah, it can be a fun thing also for couples to to take. So as we're wrapping up here, Laurel, I. I feel that one thing that is, is going to be useful to you and to others as well is to look deeply into what are your thoughts about your daughter that are manifesting as your experience. So paying real close attention to the thoughts of lack and limitation that you have about your daughter regarding your relationship. Have you done a divine experiment? No. There you go. Okay. I would really strongly encourage you to do that. Okay. And I, I, I bet you it will shift. Okay. I'm eager to do it. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's one of that. It's so tempting to say we, we need the other person to shift. But in my experience, if I would like the other person to shift, I have to change my mind about them. You know, mm -hmm. And it really is the Course in Miracles, seek not to change the world and seek not to change another person, but to change my mind about them. And to do as Jennifer was doing and ask the angels to help. Mm, okay. 
to remove all obstacles to love in your mind. Okay. Yeah. Because many times when we feel there's a lack of love, remember, A Course in Miracles tells us to have, give all to all. So many times when there's a perception of lack, it really is because we are withholding. Hmm. Or we're thinking thoughts of lack and limitation that we don't even realize it. But if we say to the higher self, to the angels, I am interested in releasing all the belief in lack and limitation. And we really keep praying that. Uh, what I find is our awareness begins to show us where we've been focused in lack and limitation so that we can surrender it, give it up, and have a new experience. Great. Thank you. This yeah. Is yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I've just seen it work so many times. All right, well, any final thoughts by any, anyone else before we close it out here? All right. So we're going to do the Ho'oponopono in the mirror and looking for lack and limitation thoughts, giving to get is definitely... You can't have lack and limitation thoughts, or rather you can't be giving to get and not have lack and limitation thoughts. So it's just so wonderful to keep clearing those out and clearing them out. So grateful, so thankful to join together in the fullness of love, in the presence of love, and partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful to to declare our openness, our willingness, our receptivity. We are opening ourselves to the highest possibility of love. We are receptive to the love, to the peace, to the joy, to the freedom, the wisdom, the inspiration, the prosperity, the wholeness, the wellness, the healing, the all good of God. We are opening ourselves wide open, letting the floodgates open. We are grateful and thankful to call forth dynamic healing on the physical level, the emotional level, the mental level. We're allowing ourselves to experience the freedom of God at all levels. Freedom is our true nature. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them in gratitude we let it be we know it's done and so it is amen 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 thank you everybody Mwah. have a great rest of your week bye for now <laughs> <laughs>